It is November 2nd, and welcome to episode 145 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. Today, we're talking about the mass protests that have been rocking Iran for nearly seven weeks to find a deadly crackdown by security forces. Recent news stories and information from human rights groups indicate that the Iranian regime is cracking down on schools now, and the average age for rioters is just 15. It all started with the death of Masa Amini, a 22-year-old woman arrested by morality police in Tehran in September for violating Iran's strict rules requiring women to cover their hair with a hijab. The first protest took place after a funeral, but have swelled across the country. And even as the head of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard called last Saturday the last day of unrest, protests have continued. An estimated 272 protesters have died, 39 of whom were children, and around 14,000 people have already been detained. So the first thing I think is really interesting about this is that, um, you know, we've seen protests across Iran before, but this one is a little different in that it's not tied to, you know, economic discontent or an isolated political decision or candidate. It really seems more wide scale and more generalized and profound opposition to the regime. You see protesters united across all classes, genders, ethnicities, and you see that protests even occurring in conservative, in tr- more traditional cities. And so you, know, you don't see protesters in the millions, counting in the millions like we've seen before, but whether just kind of this wider swath group of people protesting means something different you know, it's like really what I'm interested in tracking um, and how we and how we can respond to that and how the U.S. can support. Jones, uh, excellent uh, intro. I think it, it's important to note that these protests are uh, broader and deeper than protests we've seen in the past. The activism, particularly among young people, is uh, can be a difference maker. This is about more than just head coverings. This is about the nature of the regime. This is the Iranian people uh, looking to lift the yoke off their backs and have freedom and the ability to change their government when they want to. So there's a there's a ton of reasons for Americans to care about what's going on here. Our values are in direct accord with the protests. There's no doubt. Iran, of course, which is a, a malefactor in the Middle East and is now shipping drones to the Russians to use in Ukraine, is a problem for our national security interests as well. So we've got a huge confluence of our, our values and our interests at stake in, in today in what's going on in Iran. So I think it's absolutely correct that Americans should care about this. Well, look, I think that's all great, Les. I think it's great that you're making the point that our values and our interests are aligned. I agree 100%. The problem, of course, is what to do about it. Everyone says, everyone agrees what's happening in Iran is terrible. Women should be made to wear the hijab. It's great that women and, and young people are, are rising up. 14,000 people have been arrested already. Protests have taken place across 130 cities, 120 universities. Right, 300 protesters have been killed. It's a terrible situation. No doubt something should be done. The question is, what should we do? Right, The U.S. government has done a bunch of stuff. The president has gone out on the podium and said he supports the protesters. We've, we've sanctioned all manner of Iranian officials. Is it enough? I don't think so. I think we need to do a lot more. And frankly, I think we've been sitting on our back heels since the beginning of these protests. We should be much more aggressive in getting engaged. I think I think we're being super weak sauce on this pro- this sort of protest. Look, there's um, there's there's recent news on this about U.S. policy that also matters. President, former President Barack Obama admitted on a podcast just a couple of weeks ago that he made a huge mistake in not doubling down with the protesters in Iran in 2009. He, there was, it was a big opportunity wasted. We can't let the Biden administration make this mistake. I think you're right. The question is what to do about it. The only real check when the president isn't going to do the right thing is Congress. Congress needs to step up. Congress has been the architect of the maximum pressure campaign for decades 
on Iran. The same actors are still there. Senator Menendez is still the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He's been in the right spot on this. It's time for Congress to return to maximum pressure on Iran with sanctions. Let's show the demonstrators we're with them and limit the opportunities for the regime to act against them and to do bad things in their neighborhood. Just to press a little on that, because I think also what, what President Obama was also emphasizing was that he waited too long to come out in opposition as well. Like that, it was it was too long for him to, to say, give support to the protesters. And President Biden did that very quickly. And so, I, you know, just to be a little bit of a, a thorn in the side, you know, part of the Iranian regime's story is that these protests are, are supported by the Saudis, by the Americans, by, by our allies, right? That this isn't actually a, a, a national groundswell movement. And so, you know, what can we do that doesn't build into that story, doesn't buy support that story? What can the U.S. do that offers support, I think, is also something we have to consider, right? We don't, we don't want to give credence to that, to that story. Yeah, and look, it's great, Leslie, you think Congress should do something. And, I, you know, I, we hear your story about this all the time. Congress is the big player. And I actually think you're right. In on Iran sanctions and the like, Congress has actually pressed the administration a number of times and really pushed the envelope here. The problem is, Les, I want to know what you think Congress should actually do. It's nice that Congress should do something. What is the yes. something? I have a clear, I have a clear position. I think we should be overly and covertly supporting the protesters. We should be getting supplies of them, getting open internet there. And it should be clear that, you know what, the regime needs to go. That should be our policy. And we should help the Iranian protesters achieve their goals of regime change. So uh, I don't disagree with that. I think we should be doing that. Jones, I actually disagree with you on the idea that we shouldn't be saying we support the protesters. We do support the protesters. We should not be shy about that. We should go out and say they're doing the right thing. We support them spiritually, materially, politically, etc., and not and not be shy about it. That's where we are. Let's not lie about it. What should Congress do? Congress should force the president to enact tougher sanctions. We all know right now the Biden administration is looking to cut a, a nuclear deal, even though the Iranians have made ridiculous demands. They are still keeping open the window of uh, doing a nuclear deal. That means they're not going to crack down with maximum pressure on sanctions. Congress can change that. Congress can close the loopholes. There is bipartisan support for that. Yes, the president may veto it. Congress should override the veto. I mean, I, I, sanctions, sanctions, sanctions. Less your foreign policy, less is the Biden-Obama foreign policy. It's just sanctions all the time, nothing else, right? There's no other thing. Congress should do it. The administration should do it. Who cares who does it? The point is, you have no policy beyond sanctions. It doesn't work. The Trump administration did a great job putting maximum pressure on. I agree. We should go back to the Trump administration's maximum pressure. But it didn't succeed. We need something more. And that something more is the authorization of over-provision of Internet access, of support to the protesters in massive amounts, and separately and apart from that, covert provision of the same type of assistance. You don't want to go there, less because you don't want to talk about regime change. You want to talk about sanctions, sanctions, sanctions. Be serious. Okay, you're wrong. Sanctions do work. It was maximum pressure of sanctions that actually brought Iran to the negotiating table during the Obama administration. It worked then. It worked in South Africa back in the 80s. Congress imposed massive sanctions on South Africa. It caused them to change their regime. I'm totally in favor of regime change, but I'm not in favor of doing it at the point of a U.S. gun. I think we should use economic pressure, maximize it, work with our allies to get them on board. If we if we can contain the Iranian economy with multilateral sanctions, including Europe and its neighbors in the Middle East, it will have a huge impact. I hate to say that I agree with Jamil on this, uh, but that's the only word that I've been hearing in talk is sanctions, and it hasn't worked. It, I, I don't see the change that it could have, less I hope you're right, um, or that Congress does something and, and acts. Um, 
but I, I think that's hard to see for the foreseeable, hard to see in the future. And with that, that's a wrap. Thanks to Gabriel Otis from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again in two days on Friday, November 4th for the next installment of Fault Lines, our podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America.